Father in heaven, we are grateful to you for yet another opportunity to continue our teachings for the communion preparation as we prepare to come to the table on Sunday. Father, indeed we are looking at a very critical topic or issue that you have raised with us. Our prayer tonight is that even as we continue with this subject matter, you will continue to speak to us. Exactly what we need to hear and what your word says concerning this matter. May your word minister to each one of us. May we have a heart to receive this matter. And at the end, we are believing that even as we live here, our hearts will be stirred up and for our lives to be transformed for the better days ahead. And take your glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Last night, our senior pastor started with us as we are looking at the type of person or manner of persons we have to be because of certain events that are going to happen. And as the scripture stated, it is no whether we want to believe it or whether we think it should come or it shouldn't happen. This is the word of God. And God says, it is going to happen. And if it wouldn't happen, he would not say it. And then we're also being reminded that because of this event that is going to happen, we have to be people of a certain conduct and character. Because of that great event that is coming up, we must be holy and we must be godly. You know, and again, that is the word of God. He says, because of this, you must be that. Now, it does not lie with us whether we want to listen or not to listen. He has spoken, and that event will happen. And those who would want to believe and live by what it expects us to be, they will make it. And you know, like I said, this is God speaking. He says, for that kingdom that subsequently you need to enter, you must be holy and you must be God. You know, even earthly countries, I mean, take the Russia, if you want to seek a visa, you have to do HIV tests. And I'm asking myself, I mean, just to go to Russia, they don't want any contamination of anything. And we are talking about heaven. And he says he wants a holy person. Even Russia says if you have HIV, don't enter. And God is saying, in my kingdom, if you are not holy, you cannot enter. So it is an issue of holiness. And you see, what even makes it more scary is that of all the people who receive revelations, to catch a glimpse of what it is like, what they tell you is that if you look at the number of people who enter at any particular point, and in the very first book by the Reverend Park from South Korea or so, he was saying when a thousand people go to hell, one goes to heaven. A thousand to one. In fact, so far, the latest 
statistics that I have seen which I find encouraging is the one from Pastor Benihin who said 80-20, which looks more comforting, <laughs> if I should put it that way. I mean, 80 to 20 is not bad. That's against 1,000 to 1. So even if when you look at the ratios, it seems to me that for churches, this matter even should be our critical issue. If we really are serious with God, the issue of holiness should be our number one issue to be discussed and not the other things that we are talking about. Is it because it is like a headmaster taking his students to BEC and at the end they said only one person or 20% made it. I mean, that is how we should look at the issue. It is like a church, the general overseer going to present his members on that day. How many of your members made it? And I believe as we begin to look at it in this way, as a church or as churches, I think we'll begin to revise our notes as to where we should pay our attention to. As to what should be the critical issue for a church. And so far, as I move around, whether in Accra or Kumasi, I'm yet to see a poster saying we are going to discuss holiness. I am yet to see a poster saying that we need to discuss the issue of going to heaven. Can we talk about holiness, righteousness, or the truth? I am yet to see. Maybe we will take the initiative. Because all the other posters are talking about something else. And what you can get. And you know, interestingly, all those who have had encounters to go to heaven and hell and come. When they come, they give away their possessions. When they come, they give away their possessions. But the process that we are running is for people to acquire possessions. It means we are misleading the people in the way. We are misleading the, I mean, all of the people. Whether Reverend Park. I mean, mention their names. When they all come back, they say, this building, this mansions, I don't want them anymore. Now you ask yourself, what did they see? That when they came back, they said the things that they have, they've given it up. But we are teaching our people that we need to acquire more. I think we should, we should begin to reflect seriously. As where we are leading our people. We need to begin to sit up. Because I think something is wrong somewhere. If at the end of the day, all has to happen, is that you need to enter the kingdom of God. And God is saying, like we heard yesterday, it needs a holy conduct and godliness. And not our church, but even the body of Christ. We don't touch about that matter. But we touch about other matters. We touch about other matters. I think there's something wrong with us. And let's all admit. There is something wrong. Is it because we are not touching on the crucial issues? In, in, in the books that we read, one of them, there's a lady with us, again, our brother Michael met in hell. And he said his pastor misled her. And he said, after you've misled somebody, that person cannot come back. And you know, some of these things are hard, but it's good for us. But it is good for us. Even Jesus Christ, when he went onto the hard things, his disciples left him. But I'm saying that for me, given what I've come to know and the truth, and what God has revealed, 
I will only tell it as it is. Because I believe that if I don't, I'd rather have a greater burden. You know, tonight, even as I was preparing, there's some of the examples I wanted to give. I was not too sure. Then the scripture, maybe this is an answer, but let's go to it. And the scripture dropped into my spirit. That why are you wavering? Go to Ezekiel chapter 3. So let's look at Ezekiel chapter 3. 1 to 9. So that whether, as we are flowing, whether you want to listen or not, you can sit in. Ezekiel chapter 3 states, like I said, I was asking myself, should I raise some of these issues? And then this scripture dropped into my spirit. He says, moreover, he said to me, son of man, eat what you find. Eat this scroll and go. Speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat that scroll. And he said to me, son of man, feed your belly and fill your stomach with this scroll that I give you. So I ate and it was in my mouth like honey in sweetness. For you are not sent to a people of unfamiliar speech and of hard language, but to the house of Israel. Not to many people of unfamiliar speech and of hard language whose words you cannot understand. Surely, had I sent you to them, they would have listened to you. Verse 7. But the house of Israel would not listen to you. Because they will not listen to me. For all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. Behold, I have made your face strong against their faces. And your forehead strong against their foreheads. The last verse I will take. Verse 9. Like adamant stone, harder than flint, I have made your forehead. Do not be afraid of them. Nor be dismayed at their looks, though they are a rebellious house. I'm saying this was not originally part of what I was preparing. But this scripture drops in my spirit. Then I begin to realize that this subject matter is important. So I may even change my presentation, but allow it. What I'm going to talk about would have been the last part of the teaching. But let me talk about it now. In August 2014, I think I've mentioned this briefly, a sister had a vision. You see, when we talk about holiness and the churches in the book of Revelations, we think it's far away. A revelation or a vision concerning this art temple. It happened on two occasions. The first part was that as some people were sweeping, others were coming into the temple and to make it dirty again. The other part, as people were sweeping, it as if filthy water was dropping around this pulpit area. Now, this is filth in the house of God. We may have cleaned our tiles. I mean, this place always looks clean. Anybody who walks in here says this facility is one of the cleanest we have seen. But spiritually, there is something filthy. So when we are talking about holiness, don't think it's too far away from us. It is in this very temple. It is in this very temple. And you see, when it's like you read the revelations, it says the church of Sardis. So maybe to the church of CFCC our temple, there is something we need to watch concerning holiness. And holy living. 
So let's not take it lightly. So maybe at the end of the session, we'll spend some time to pray. Because when this thing happened, for three years, we were not too sure exactly what it was about. Except that at the beginning of the year, some glimpse have to do with the fact that maybe even the way some of us dress to church. And I must say, last Sunday I saw one or two people. It was unsightly. You see, and when you are a young woman, for example, you are looking for a man. Maybe I'm not looking for a man today, but if you are looking for a man, a woman, and you've already exposed yourself, and I'm a serious man, I don't think I'll marry you. Amen? But I'm married already. <laughs> but I'm saying today I'm looking for a woman. And you've exposed yourself already. I will not marry you. And I don't think any serious brother will pay attention to you. Let's begin to watch these things. And I think to watch what other people are doing and try to bring the world into our church. The world is full of darkness. And we cannot bring the world into the light. Otherwise, they will want to dim the light in the church. These are things we should be warning ourselves. So to begin with tonight's teaching, we'll look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. It says, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no man will see the Lord. So we're talking about holiness. Peace. Now I know when we talk about holiness, some people are tempted to think that oh, it belongs to the Old Testament where it, it was only the priest who because he had to go to the Holy of Holies, he's the only one to be holy. It's for all of us. It's for all of us. Because the one that we have to see he is holy. The one to see, he is holy. And where we have to see him, that place is a holy place. The angels and all the elders are holy creatures. And if you want to enter and see, we cannot allow any material into it. Hallelujah. And God will not overlook anything. He will not overlook anything. So he says, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one and there is no exemption. He says, no one will see the Lord. And we are looking at ourselves. Why are we here for? Because ultimately, we want to see the Lord face to face. But what he is saying is that to see me, <laughs> it comes to holiness. That is the basic requirement. So if we are doing all the things that we are doing, that will not take us to him. Why do we pursue those things? So he's talking about holiness. Somebody may ask briefly, what is holiness? It's an agreement with God in His judgment. What He hates, we have to hate. What He loves, we have to love. And to shun evil, no matter what form it comes. Living the life of Christ, we're talking about purity. These are basic things. And what he's saying is that without these, you cannot see him. 
I believe, like I said yesterday, if we have really come, we've come here for good and to meet the Lord, then we have no choice but to be holy. But if, on the other hand, we didn't come here to meet Him, then we can afford to do things that we do. But I believe that we are all serious-minded people who have come here to meet the Lord. Because we cannot walk in here day and night and say that we just came here for a short-term basis. I believe each one of us has come prepared to ultimately meet the Lord. And if that is the case, we have to be holy. You see, it may not come at a go, but the crucial issue is that we need to begin on that path that will take us there. So he's saying that without holiness, you cannot see the Lord. We need to ask ourselves, and this is our personal, am I holy? Shall I see the Lord? Shall I see the Lord? And you know, the Lord has prepared mansions. Apparently, even Judas' mansions is already there. Which means the mansions would have been prepared. But you must enter before you can occupy. Again, the example of uh, Pastor Benin that was given was shared with us. You know, God loves him. I mean, I said to myself, God loves Pastor Benihim. Because I don't think it's many of us that you will go, you get to the entrance, and they'll tell you, go and come back. And change your clothes and come back. I mean, if it were so, I'm sure it would be fine for all of us. But I don't think it's so for everybody. I don't think it's true for everybody. But God says, go and come back. It might not be so for you and I. That is why the time is now for us to pursue holiness. There is no other time but now. You know, it happens to other people to give us that lesson. And this is too close, I'm sure. I don't think there's anybody who doesn't know Pastor Benihim. And this event was just 2015, April 2015. Just about a year ago. Just about a year ago. He said he had a heart attack in South Africa. In the process of the surgery. And this is somebody who, if you look at the word, I believe is one man who has touched a lot of lives through healings and deliverance. Yet, there was a question mark. And I'm sure if it had happened, everybody would have said, he's made it. But that is man. But we are appearing before God, not man. I'm sure the whole world, all the Christian community would have said that, oh, he's made it. He's gone. But he was the only one who was at the gate. He was the only one who was at the gate who saw the Lord shake his head. The rest of the world, we wouldn't have seen anything. But in our minds, is it because we don't talk about holiness? We don't talk about our first love. They are not important issues to us. So for us, every die be die. But God is looking for a certain character in us. He's looking for a certain life in us. Our first love. Holiness. And as you can see, God is no respecter of persons. Maybe the only respect I'll see that he's giving him another chance. 
we're talking about holiness. So like I said, don't think that it's something which belongs to, it's far away from us. It's very close. And this is a subject matter we should begin. Holiness, righteousness, and the truth. Let's begin to be serious, to touch on these matters. Because we hardly touch on them. Because people don't want to listen. These are not topics that people want to listen. So we too as pastors, we hardly touch about them. As leaders, we hardly touch about them. Because it may offend people. This is not proper. If somebody says that you'll be offended because of this critical issue, and therefore let's not talk about it, I think that person is even rather wicked. Let's begin to change our minds on such topics. Let's begin to change our minds. Because there are important and weightier matters that should engage our attention. But you see, we have allowed the world, we've allowed the world, and the other issues that are not important to rather engage us. You know, the top preachers that we have, not even in this nation, in the Americas and other places, if we are to bring them here, you probably will not need an advertisement. But the churches will be full. But when you look at what is happening there, I mean, if an Illuminati endorses you as a pastor, it is not correct. But there are the people we are watching on television. If, if Satan endorses a pastor, why should you listen to him? Because Satan has adulterated his message. If a preacher has sworn an oath to the Illuminati, you don't listen to him. But they are the people we are listening to. Because they are glamorous. So we are we become contaminated. Our holiness becomes affected. Because they will not even raise issues of holiness. But we are happy to listen because they, are, because they have a name. Because they have a name, we will listen to them. Can we just go back to our Bibles and stay with our Bibles? And stay because how can an Illuminati endorse a preacher? And it's the ones that we exalt. We don't even exalt Jesus Christ. So he's saying, without holiness, we cannot see the end. It is a very serious matter. In Psalm 24, verses 3 to 5, I believe, Psalm 24, he says, Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or when it says who, I mean, when you bring it to see, we say, Who say anyway? Why? He says, who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who may stand? We are talking about his holy place. He says, who? It doesn't come that easy. He who has clean hands, a pure heart. You remember even David? Because that is Hands have shed so much blood, even the temple, God will not allow him to build. We are using our hands for a lot of things. The hands to receive bribe cannot be a clean hand to enter. He says, He who has clean hands and a pure heart, you know, the issues of the heart. Maybe let's go to, is it? First, first, we'll come back to this, but first Corinthians chapter four, verse seven. And then we'll come back to this. 
First Corinthians chapter four, verse five, rather. Verse five. Therefore, judge nothing before the time. Until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of hearts. It is only at that stage. Then each one's praise will come from God. That's why he said, pure hands and a pure heart. It is the only one we've gone through this. You know, that is why sometimes when you read these scriptures, you even ask yourself, do we even need to read tributes in churches? It is only after God has cleared you. Then you say that the man has made it. You know, I was jokingly telling also when he went to Gethsemane Cemetery last Saturday, this place, look, it is when you arrive there, then you can tell your family that I've arrived so they can bury you there. Because the kind of money that you have to pay to be there. If you are perishing and they've paid that amount again to put you there, it's a great mistake. <laughs> but if you have arrived, then like immediately you arrive, you send a, a vision that I have arrived. You can buy a land there and then all the fanfare can go on. You see, otherwise, all the things that sometimes we say, three-star funeral, four-star funeral, it doesn't take us anywhere. Now, we're giving stars to the funerals. But we are talking about holiness. We should rather begin to grade. It's the holiness that matters. It's not the star of the funeral. The star of the funeral doesn't take the person. If the person has gone to the gate and cries, has not nodded his head. It's a useless case. Back to Psalm 24. Psalm 24 says this, verse 4. He who has clean hands and a pure heart. So, brethren, in our hearts, you know, there are lots of nobody will see what is going on in our hearts. We're becoming nicely going by the things that we have in our hearts. And he's saying that those things can be a hindrance. Who has not lifted up his soul to an idol? Maybe here, let's take rather the King James. Who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity? Vanity. You know, again, when you read this and you go back, maybe when you go back home, read Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and look at all what was done. And yet, he said, it's all vanity. Unfortunately, the world is presenting us with vanity. But scripture is saying that those who have not lifted up his soul unto vanity. Today, the young men, you know, when we were growing up, the large people really kept their things in the darkness. But today, they do it openly. And in offices, they recruit young men and women. And it is happening. You are selling your soul. They will tell you they can connect you to the big people. It is right they can connect you to the big people. But there are young men and women who have gone in and now they want to come out. And they are telling you if they dare come out, they will kill them. And it's in this country. Because of vanity, people are selling their souls, being contaminated. Now, even training programs, there's yoga. You are going to study. They say you should do yoga. What has that got to do with the knowledge? You see how Satan is diverting us. And you know, they are gradually bringing these things even to the secondary schools, our own Accra Academy. There's a lodge. How do you have a lodge in a second cycle institution? And they are starting with the big second cycle institutions. That is the agenda of the devil. So he says, but those who have not lifted up their souls unto vanity, nor sworn deceitively. 
verse 5. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from God of his salvation. Hallelujah. Brethren, this issue of holiness, he says, where we are going is the holy place and nothing enters anyhow. Nothing enters anyhow. It's for where God has prepared his own people. Clean hearts. Clean materials. In Second Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1. So what do we do? Second Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1. Having therefore these promises. Yesterday we spoke about the coming events. Today we are saying it's a promise. Maybe that will make it lighter for you. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Let's stay on it, just the verse 1. He said, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. And I have to do my own cleansing, you have to do your own cleansing. And you see, on this message, it depends on how you receive it. There's this booklet, apart from the one that Brother Michael Sambu shared with us, his own book. There's another one by one, Abraham Yakubu. And those who want to cleanse themselves from faithfulness, there are a few that one of our brethren has given out to people. When they finish reading, they go on their knees. These are people who are serious. When they finish reading that book, they go on their knees. Because they want to cleanse themselves from faithfulness of the flesh and the spirit. When we talk about holiness and we go back home, we may pray, but when we go back home, begin to look at the issues. And we need to go on our knees. And I tell you, when you go down on your knees, the Holy Spirit begin to remind you some things 20 years ago. And that is when, when you are serious to say, I want to deal with this subject matter, God will link you up. But if you take it as one of those that, oh, it's communion preparation, we've come again. Let us come and listen and go. But not work on it. It will not be helping you. So for those who are serious, even as we are sitting through the service, you are looking at yourself. This issue, maybe I need to deal with it. This matter, I need to deal with it. And then you go on your knees. You ask for forgiveness. And the Lord will be merciful. And the Lord will be merciful. And you see, and that is the only way we can be perfecting holiness. But if you say that, you know, listen, it, it belongs to some people. It belongs to all of us. Because it says no one will see the Lord. No one will see the Lord. So we all need to go on the crusade to perfect holiness in our lives. Hallelujah. And I believe that as we go on that path and the Lord see that we are serious to deal with it, He will give us the grace and the strength to do it. He will bring to remembrance even those things that you have forgotten to pray about and you begin to pray about it. And then thereafter, as you see the road before you, you know there are certain things you don't go on them. Because it's going to affect your holiness. That is when then you are serious. But if you don't, and you take it lightly, like I said, when you look at the statistics, it is not an interesting thing at all for any one of us to take it lightly. But I'm believing that tonight, 
will give it a serious thought. Hallelujah. Then in First John chapter 3, verse 2, verses 2 and 3. 1 John, Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Verse 3. And every man that have this hope in him purifies himself, even as what he is pure. Let's go back to the verse 2. He says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. You know, I'm sure there is, almost everybody wants to become somebody. Everybody wants to become somebody. You want to be this, we want to be that, we want to be that. But those ones like we heard yesterday, will be bent up. What we all want to become will be bent up. What we all want to become will be bent up. And we've all, we've all been there before. Growing up, oh, I want to become this. Then I'll build a house. Then I'll buy a car. Then I'll marry. you do this. Now after I've gotten all of them, it's going to be bent up. So what we want to become has no value. But that is what we want to become. But what he's saying is that we shall be like him. And that one, nobody can take it away from us. What eventually we will become, nobody will take it away from us. So as we talk about holiness, individually, because of the promise, I need to purify myself. You need to purify yourself. Hallelujah. That is our individual matter. But even as we raise the issue of our individual matters, we will end by looking at what concerns us as a church. Because like I said, the vision that, that lady saw, let's not take it lightly. So we'll look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 to 22, because it affects all of us. If it is a revelation concerning the church, it should be a subject matter that we all need to be concerned about. Whatever issue that we think that doesn't fit to be in the house of the God, uh, in the house of God, that we have allowed it to creep into, we need to deal with it. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the household of God. Verse 20. And are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together grows into an holy temple in the Lord. This temple, maybe I think verse 22 talks about his spirit. In whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through his spirit. This temple should be truly a temple where the spirit of God dwells here. Where it has to be a holy temple. So if there is any filth, maybe individual, we all know our hearts. And there are things that we all know. That we can say that this doesn't fit to be brought into the house of God. But we all see it and we don't want to talk about it. You can be on your feet at this moment in time. If you want to kneel, you can kneel. If you want to lie prostrate, you can lie prostrate. Because that vision that that lady saw, it came against strong me or me this week. Whatever fails. That has come our way. And for which we have allowed 
in the temple. Let's all begin to search our hearts. Maybe there are things that we ourselves, we know it is filthy, it doesn't fit. We are talking about the holy temple, the habitation through the Spirit of God. We want God's Spirit to dwell here mightily and affect us. We don't want any filth. Anything that is not fit to be in here. Things of the world that we even allow in here because somebody else is doing it. The world is full of darkness. We cannot bring the world into the light. Then we want to dim the light in the church. But brethren, God is aware and has taken notes. So at this moment, first and foremost, our own lives. Don't, I don't even need to wait for somebody to tell me, the brother, this life that I carry, there is a spot. You know, as we become a child of God, the Lord gives us a garment. Are we keeping those garments? Or are we staining them? If we are sitting in a place where we allow filth, we won't talk about it. Because people will be offended. It goes against all of us. And you know, God loves us. Because if He doesn't love us, He will not even bring this to our notice. And that is why we need to thank God that He can even bring this to our notice. That you people be on the alert. There is something happening that I don't like. Begin to deal with it. Begin to deal with it. We are talking about holiness. Righteousness. Standing for the truth. Let's look at our individual lives. If I say, he talked about sons of God. If I am a son of God. If I am a child of God. This life that I carry. Is a fit. For the spirit. Of the Lord. To dwell in me. Remember, bodies are temples of God. And we are allowing anything into it. Some of us are defiling our bodies. Some of us are contaminating our spirits. Our minds, our souls. We've contaminated them. We've filled and the rubbish out there. Because we think it's glamorous. Because we want to identify with the Joneses as they will say. That will make us think that we have arrived. But it is taking something away from us. It is taking something eternal away from us. God has given us the chance to be cleansed from all filth of the flesh and the spirit and in the church. Father, we are grateful unto you for raising this matter with us from yesterday to today. As children of God, as sons of God, as we identify our lives with you, as we identify this church with you, let's come for holiness. Father, tonight we thank you for bringing this up to us. Holy conduct, godliness. This will be the critical matters for our attention. These are the issues we should be talking about day by day and provoking one another to be holy. Provoking one another to be godly.
Father, help us. Father, help us. We need to crucify the flesh in this struggle. But if we love our flesh, it cannot be well with us. I need to deal with my flesh. You need to deal with your flesh. I need to deal with their pleasures. You need to deal with them. Some of us are finding it difficult to crucify the flesh as Christ did it on the cross for us. We are not even dead to be crucified. Father, help us to kill the flesh and to allow Christ to live his life in us. That is one sure way. One sure way that we can live a holy life. Then it's no more our flesh. It's no more our will. But Christ living his life in us. But it's for people who are serious. And will take that issue of holiness with the seriousness that he deserves. Father, help us. And continue to bring to our attention the issues that are not fit to be in your temple. Continue to raise them with us from time to time. Because we need it. We don't want to wait to the last day to be taken on our ways. That is why indeed we are blessed that if open, even open our eyes that the church of CFCC take note of this and prepare yourselves for the coming days. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for tonight. May our lives be challenged one more time. A holy conduct and godliness. That is all that you require from us. But through the power of God, through the Holy Spirit and the heart that is desirous to live a holy life, the Lord will make it happen. Let's open our hearts for Christ to do it for us. Mm-hmm.